Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 26 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is Part 2 of a two-part story. Please listen to Season 2, Episode 25 to hear more details on this case. Listener caution is advised as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. During September 2012, Dale Cregan opened fire on two unarmed police officers. After killing them both, he handed himself in at a local police station. His arrest ended a nationwide manhunt to find him, as he was also wanted in connection with the murders of a father and son in Greater Manchester. Along with Dale Cregan, nine other men would be charged in connection with the murders of PC Nicola Hughes, PC Fiona Bone and Mark and David Short. The trial began at Preston Crown Court during the start of February 2013 and Judge Mr Justice Holroddy presided over the case. The jury was sworn in on February 5th and 150 police officers, some armed, patrolled the building. The trial would involve 23 barristers and was expected to last up to three months. Dale Cregan pled not guilty to all charges. He was charged with the murders of PC Nicola Hughes and PC Fiona Bone. In addition to Dale Cregan, Damien Gorman, Leon Atkinson, Luke Livesey, Ryan Hadfield and Matthew James were all accused of the murder of Mark Short and the attempted murders of Ryan Pridding, Michael Belcher and John Collins in the Cotton Tree pub. Gunshot residue was found on a pair of night tracksuit bottoms, an Adidas hoodie 
and a single Nike trainer left in a black bin bag near the former home of Damien Gorman. The prosecution would argue that Leon Atkinson was the mastermind behind the attack. However, he claimed he had nothing to do with the shooting as he was on holiday with his family in the north of Wales. Luke Livesey was said to have been out drinking with both Dale Cregan and Damien Gorman on the day and night of the killing. Ryan Hadfield told police that he was too drunk to remember anything, despite the prosecution alleging that he'd called Dale Cregan and Luke Livesey in the early hours of May 26, 2012. It was alleged that Matthew James informed Dale Cregan where the Short family were on the night Mark Short was murdered. In his initial interview, Matthew James told police that he had been out drinking with his father and friends close to the Cotton Tree pub. He had apparently consumed 12 pints and could barely recall getting home. But evidence proved that he called Dale Cregan at 9.53pm before the shooting took place. Matthew James strongly denied having anything to do with the murder and said he had never met the Short family before. Dale Cregan, Anthony Wilkinson, Jermaine Ward and Francis Dixon were all accused of the murder of David Short, the attempted murder of Sharon Hark and a single charge of causing an explosion. It was alleged that Francis Dixon purchased the phones that were used by the defendants and the prosecution would often refer to them as murder telephones. Francis Dixon did admit to taking Dale Cregan to Wales while he was on the run from police. Anthony Wilkinson was also charged with the possession of a firearm with the intent to endanger life and Mohammed Imram Ali was charged with assisting an offender. The defendants denied all charges against them. As roads throughout Manchester were closed to the public, a convoy of police cars that transported the defendants were monitored by police snipers as they arrived at the courtroom. Roads around Manchester City Magistrates Court were temporarily closed to the public as the police convoy brought Dale Cregan in for his first appearance in the dock to face multiple charges of murder. Security was at the highest level, with armed officers taking up positions around the court buildings. These marksmen had escorted the accused in. Each defendant was strip-searched, and Dale Cregan was asked to remove his false eye, made from black onyx, to ensure that he wasn't hiding anything behind it. The police weren't taking any chances. Security was on high alert, and scaffolding had to be erected to accommodate the numerous officers that surrounded Dale Cregan. There were so many barristers and family members in the courtroom that onlookers had to watch the court case on video screens in a different part of the building. On the first day of the trial, Nicholas Clark QC, working on behalf of the prosecution, explained to the courtroom what sparked the attack on the Short family. Tensions between them and Dale Cregan went well beyond their extended family. The Shorts had a decade-long feud with the Atkinson family, who were friends of Dale Cregan. While the families had been at each other's throats in the past, over the last few years they had formed an uneasy truce. The police were aware of both families, but they were seen as small-time criminals, certainly not the Mafia League some would portray them to be. Even so, it was the prosecution's theory that this minor spat between two families escalated beyond a small-scale feud which would leave four people dead. 
On May 13, 2012, in the Gardener's Arms, a pub on Edge Lane in Droylsden, both the Short family and the Atkinsons were having a drink, watching a football match between Manchester United and Manchester City. Teresa Atkinson, the matriarch of the family, approached David Short and asked him if he wanted a drink. David declined, explaining that he was with his wife and son. Teresa replied abruptly, I'm not fucking asking them if they want a drink, I'm asking you. The two began arguing and David's wife overheard the conversation. She interjected and said Teresa was being disrespectful. Eventually the matter came to a close, Teresa apologised and that looked to be the end of it. The pub was full of patrons celebrating the result of the football match, so the Short family headed to the Cotton Tree pub nearby. Teresa Atkinson had also decided to continue her evening at the same establishment, and once there an argument erupted between her and Raymond Young, another member of the Short family. The argument quickly escalated, and Teresa threw an empty Alcopop bottle in Raymond's direction. He retaliated by slapping her in the face. Furious, Teresa shouted, I'm going to get you done by my sons. You just wait here, you're dead. Police records confirm she called her son Leon, and the following day Leon texts Dale Cregan and his accomplices, who according to the prosecution, murdered Mark Short a few weeks later. Michelle Kelly, Mark's mother, told the court that she was sitting in the Cotton Tree pub just after 11.50pm on Friday, May 25th, 2012, when a gunman entered the building. She said, I heard one bang, and then I saw my son. He had his back to me. It was just bang, bang, bang. Michelle Kelly went on to describe how her son attempted to wrestle with the gunman. She picked up a pool cue and chased the assailant out of the pub, but it was too late. She told the court, At the end of the day, my son was brutally murdered. I had to sit there and see my husband sob like a baby because he's seen his son get murdered. David didn't know who did it. He had his ideas, but he never knew who came in and shot Mark. He said he would leave it to the police to find out who shot Mark, and that's what he intended doing. Raymond Young, who struck Teresa Atkinson, was present during the time of the shooting in the Cotton Tree pub. However, miraculously, he wasn't injured. A bullet passed through his shorts, missing one of his legs by mere millimetres. On the day Mark Short was murdered, Dale Cregan, Damien Gorman and Luke Livesey had apparently spent the day drinking on the outskirts of Manchester. It was said the three then travelled by taxi before stealing a car to carry out the crime. Dale Cregan entered the pub with a balaclava masking his face. Armed with a firearm, he shot seven bullets in just under 30 seconds. Mark Short, only three feet away, was hit three times with one bullet severing a major artery. John Collins was hit in the back and Ryan Pridding and Michael Belcher were both struck in the legs before the gunman fled. On the second day of the trial, the jury was played the 999 call that Dale Cregan made to lure PC Fiona Bone and PC Nicola Hughes to their deaths. Over the course of the next week, the jury heard the grisly details of each killing. But by February 12th, despite initially insisting he was innocent, Dale Cregan changed his plea to guilty in relation to the murders of the two police officers still denied he had anything to do with the deaths of David and Mark Short. 
the heavy presence of guards in and out of the courtroom was for good reason. A day after Dale Creek had admitted that he was responsible for the murders of both PC Nicola Hughes and PC Fiona Bone, a witness whose name was withheld for legal reasons told the court that she was threatened after the shooting at the Cotton Tree pub. Via video link, she said that Damien Gorman approached her, pulling his finger across his throat before explaining what would happen if she went to the police. The witness stated that Damien Gorman said to her, You don't want to die, and you don't want your kids to die. As the terrified witness recounted her story, Outside of the courtroom, police had raided a property in Oldham, Greater Manchester, and discovered nearly a dozen hand grenades that were said to belong to Dale Cregan. Darren Shenton, Detective Chief Superintendent for the Greater Manchester Police, spoke to the press and said, These are military-grade weapons which have rarely, if ever, been seen on the streets of Manchester, and sadly the stigma of their devastating impact will loom over this city for some time. Back in the courtroom, the jury heard from Damien Gorman, who said that the accusation that he threatened anyone was nonsense. He said he had never seen the clothes discovered in a black bin bag near his home and stated they weren't his cup of tea. He explained that he owned a balaclava but said it was nothing to do with any of this shit. He recounted seeing someone throw a balaclava at his former property, which had been vacant since March 2012, but thought nothing more of it. After learning he was wanted by the police, he said he handed himself in upon a recommendation from his solicitor. Elaine Robinson, who was tasked with analysing the mobile phone data for the Greater Manchester Police, and Darren Gina, a forensic communications consultant, addressed the court. Call records highlighted that Leon Atkinson made a call to an unregistered number on the night of May 13, 2012. This was the night that Teresa Atkinson was struck in the face by Raymond Young. Further data highlighted that Teresa Atkinson made numerous attempts to contact her son Leon Atkinson and the pair spoke again the following morning. The prosecution was of the belief that Leon masterminded the shooting at the Cotton Tree pub. Records indicate there was phone activity between Dale Cregan and Damien Gorman, though Luke Livesey's mobile phone had no credit so calls were made to his partner's phone on the same day of Mark Short's murder. Ryan Hadfield was in contact with Dale Cregan throughout the evening and was close to the Cotton Tree pub. Police alleged that he was the lookout. Dale Cregan had spent some time with Matthew James face to face on the day Mark Short was shot and the pair were in contact during the evening via phone around 9.50pm. In what some would see as a coincidence, Matthew James deactivated his mobile phone and disposed of it after the shooting and began using a new phone two days later. Dale Cregan, Luke Livesey and Damien Gorman did not use their phones between 10.51pm and 1.25am around the time of the shooting. Through the use of phone masts, the jury was given a demonstration of how analysts track an individual's phone. Leon Atkinson's phone was shown as an example. The jury could see his movements from his home in Manchester to North Wales between 6.12pm and 10.21pm on the night that Mark Shaw was murdered. They then saw his movements back home the following day. The forensic communications consultant confirmed that all phones bar Leon Atkinson's were in the same area on May 25th 
While the analysis could not pinpoint a mobile phone's exact location, it did provide a rough area of focus. As the trial progressed, the jury heard from consultant forensic psychiatrist James Collins. Dr. Collins had interviewed Dale Cregan earlier in the year before the trial was due to begin. Despite still pleading not guilty to the murder of Mark and David Short, Dale Cregan had told the psychiatrist that he fantasized about killing David Short as he was paranoid that David was trying to hurt him and his family. The psychiatrist read aloud notes he made from his sessions with Dale Cregan and in one exchange, the defendant said, Since I lost my eye, it's been worse. I thought if I killed David Short, all of these thoughts would go away. I did feel better after killing him. I felt better for a couple of days, but all the thoughts came back. The night I shot David Short, I had the best night's sleep of my life. I shot David Short point blank in the head three times, but I would have preferred it if I would have used a knife. I felt calm before killing David Short. But after, a big relief rushed through my body. If I'd had time, I would have cut his head off, and arms, and legs. I would have gone and got a knife from the kitchen and used that. The thoughts were such, I knew I would have to do it. He said he would rape my son. He said he would set him on fire. He threatened my whole family. He told me, the gloves are off, so I was always going to kill him. Twelve weeks into the trial, Anthony Wilkinson changed his plea and admitted to the murder of David Short at his home on Folkestone Road East in Clayton. He also admitted to the charge of possessing a firearm that continued to deny the attempted murder of Sharon Hark and to causing an explosion. Further evidence was presented including ballistic reports which highlighted that it was likely the same weapons had been used in the murder of David Short and the two police officers. After a substantial amount of evidence had been presented, Dale Cregan changed his plea and admitted to the murders of both David and Mark Short. He also admitted to the attempted murders of three men in the Cotton Tree pub and to causing an explosion. He continued to deny he had any involvement in the attempted murder of Sharon Hark and the trial continued. In spite of all the precautions taken during the trial, an armed police surrounding the proceedings. On May 24th, yet more drama would unfold outside the courtroom when two of the police vans transporting the defendants collided. While no one was seriously injured and the proceedings saw no delays, this added to an already costly trial, and Dale Cregan would go on to make a claim for compensation two years later, insisting that he suffered from whiplash due to the crash. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. After the conclusion of a 17 week trial, on June 5th, the jury retired to consider its verdict. On June 13th, the jury reached a decision. Dale Cregan, along with Jermaine Ward, Anthony Wilkinson and Francis Dixon were cleared of the attempted murder of Sharon Hark at a home on Luke Road. As the verdict was read aloud, a smirk appeared on the face of Dale Cregan, who began laughing loudly in the courtroom. Francis Dixon, Anthony Wilkinson and Jermaine Ward were found not guilty of causing an explosion. Luke Livesey and Damien Gorman were found guilty of the murder of Mark Short and the attempted murders of three bystanders in the Cotton Tree pub. In spite of Jermaine Ward's insistence that he only committed the offences under duress, the jury did not believe his claims and he was found guilty of killing David Short. 
Leon Atkinson, Ryan Hadfield and Matthew James who were accused of being involved in the murder of Mark Short and the three attempted murders of the bystanders in the Cotton Tree pub were all found not guilty. Mohammed Imram Ali was found guilty of assisting an offender when he transported Dale Cregan and his accomplices to the north of England. By tracking his mobile phone and the GPS satellite navigation system in his car, detectives were able to prove with certainty that he was the one transporting the defendants. It was reported that the trial cost over £5 million, with 150 officers deployed to ensure the safety of the defendants and those prosecuting the case. The 70-mile round trip between Her Majesty's prison in Manchester to Preston Crown Court saw a massive convoy of armed police travelling between the two sites every day throughout the trial. It was reported that the total cost to bring Dale Cregan and his accomplices to justice was £16 million. In the judge's sentencing remarks, he said, The crime of murder ends one life but ruins many more. The harm you have caused and the pain, anguish and misery you have inflicted extend far beyond those who were killed or injured by your individual and collective acts. The court has been provided with statements from many victims which indicate in clear terms what they have suffered and will continue to suffer in many cases for the rest of their lives. He added, The statements spell out the reality of witnessing the murder of a child or loved one. The reality of the grim duty of identifying the body of a child or loved one. In two of these cases, in the knowledge that the body of the deceased has been disfigured by the explosion of a grenade. The reality of living as a parent bereaved of a child. Noting as the years go by each anniversary or event which the deceased child has not lived to enjoy. The reality of living as the parent of a bewildered young child trying to explain why the deceased will not come home and will not answer a phone call. Dale Cregan pled guilty to four counts of murder and three counts of attempted murder. He received a whole life tariff and will spend the rest of his life in prison. As the sentence was read aloud, he stood with his arms crossed, smirking occasionally. Anthony Wilkinson pled guilty to the murder of David Short and was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum term of 35 years. Damien Gorman, Luke Livesey and Jermaine Ward were all sentenced to life in prison for their part in the murder of Mark Short, along with three charges of attempted murder in the same attack. They all received a life sentence and would have to serve a minimum term of 33 years before they are eligible for parole. Mohammed Imram Ali was found guilty of assisting an offender and was sentenced to seven years in prison. The judge thanked the jurors, telling them they were exempt from jury service for the next ten years, and also said that Dale Cregan had shown nothing but contempt throughout the trial. Nicola Hughes' family gave a statement after the trial. I will now read a statement from Nicola's mum, Sue. Brother Sam, stepfather Mike and boyfriend Gareth. Nicola was first and foremost our daughter and sister to her younger brother Sam. She was our only daughter. Beautiful, loving, thoughtful, caring, hardworking and happy. She embraced everything she did throughout her life with total commitment and enthusiasm. She touched the hearts of everyone she came into contact with and who were part of her life. 
In September 2012, she was at her happiest. She was a very proud and dedicated police officer. She had a career she loved and enjoyed, with colleagues she often called friends. She was planning her future with her boyfriend, Gareth, and had just become the proud godmother of Jack. She had so much to look forward to, a bright future, one she had worked hard for, and one she deserved to live life to the full. Nicola's life was snatched away from her on the morning of Tuesday the 18th of September 2012, when she and her colleague Fiona, whose life was also taken, answered a routine call to an address in Hattersley. This call turned into anything but a routine call and transformed the lives of everyone involved. For Nicola and Fiona, whose lives were taken away in the most unnecessary and brutal of circumstances, for her family and friends who lost the most beautiful, fun-loving and dedicated young woman that ever lived. For the officers and staff of Greater Manchester Police who lost a valued colleague, partner and friend. As for the man convicted of her murder, he has lost nothing. He had already committed two murders and was destined for a lifetime behind bars. He chose on that day to murder our daughter and leave our lives completely devastated a life barely worth living without her. The Chief Crown Prosecutor Nazir Rafsal also gave a statement. The murders of all four victims, Mark Short, David Short, Police Constables Fiona Bone and Nicola Hughes, were nothing short of executions, planned, premeditated and cold-blooded. The blatant use of firearms and grenades put members of the public at significant risk of harm and cause fear amongst local communities. Three men have now been convicted of murdering Mark Short. Three men have been convicted of murdering David Short. Dale Cregan alone was responsible for murdering police constables Nicola Hughes and Fiona Bone. Killed on duty in the most terrible of circumstances when they responded to what they thought was a routine call. A crime that shocked the nation. This has been a hugely challenging case both in its scale and complexity. I would like to take this opportunity to thank all of the witnesses who spoke to police, who gave a statement, who had the courage to give evidence. I'd like to thank my prosecution team, the investigators who worked on this case. Above all, our thoughts remain with the families and loved ones of those who lost so tragically in relation to these murders. Thank you very much. Peter Bone, Fiona's father, was interviewed and couldn't comprehend why Dale Cregan would carry out such a callous attack. To deliberately go, oh, I'm just going to kill a policeman today because um, I don't like them, it, it seems unreal. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a level of callousness and no empathy with anybody uh, is beyond really my comprehension. I used to sort of ring her up going home from work and I now no longer can do that. Uh, it can get quite sad on the drive to work and back, but we have to get on with it. I sometimes think it's a nightmare and I'm going to wake up. Uh. In an extremely frank interview, the chairman of the Greater Manchester Police Federation, Ian Hansen, also spoke to the press. Police officers are often seen commenting in the media after trials relating to despicable acts of evil. And we do so with a certain degree of controlled emotion and professionalism. Today I'm not going to allow myself that controlled emotion. I'm going to say exactly what I think and what I believe every decent person watching this thinks. 
Dale Cregan is an abomination upon society and has forfeited the right to walk the streets with decent human beings for the rest of his life. I have no problem whatsoever with the thought of him spending many years staring through one eye at a locked cell door, wondering what life's like on the other side and wondering what he's missing. And then, when he's finished being a drain upon society, as far as I'm concerned, he can rot in hell. Ellie Godsey, a consultant criminal psychologist, spoke with the BBC and believed that Dale Cregan displayed all of the traits of a psychopath. The criminal psychologist believed that Dale Cregan may have killed the officers to gain notoriety and wanted to go out in some sort of distorted blaze of glory. He said in the criminal underworld there is not only people taken out because of turf wars and disputes, there is also a very strange moral code where people mustn't be offended, you must save face. Perhaps in some circles the murder of police has some sort of kudos attached to it. Grandiosity is central to the behaviour of psychopaths because usually their lives are quite pathetic, empty and meaningless. So they have to create a very distorted sense of their own self-worth. The other side of that is that other people are not that important to them. So where are we now? In 2014, an assisted living complex was set up called Fiona Gardens to commemorate the tragic loss of PC Fiona Bone. Fiona had previously been a care assistant before she joined the police force, and her sister Vicky spoke to the Manchester Evening News. She said Fiona was most passionate about working with the elderly and young people. It was the human side of policing that she really enjoyed. It was the vulnerable that Fiona was there to protect, and to have this named after her is an honour and a privilege. She would have absolutely loved it. The Nicola Hughes Memorial Fund was set up the same year to help young people who have suffered a tragic loss through a violent crime such as manslaughter or murder. The charity aims to support young people and help them rebuild their lives. During July 2016, a memorial stone was laid at the hub in Mottram to honour both Fiona Bone and Nicola Hughes. The memorial was unveiled by Prime Minister at the time, David Cameron, and the families and colleagues of both officers were in attendance. During March 2014, both Jermaine Ward and Anthony Wilkinson, jailed for 35 years and 33 years respectively, appealed the length of their sentences. However, both were rejected by the Court of Appeal. One of the judges, Sir Brian Leveson, explained that society provided mechanisms for solving disputes, and waging what was little short of war was not even remotely justifiable. While Operation Dakar was underway to find Dale Cregan, civilian Catherine Smith, who worked at a call centre for the Greater Manchester Police, was alleged to have logged into her computer and accessed information regarding the developments of the investigation and the identity of the officers involved. In her role, she did not have the clearance to carry out this action, but regardless passed the details on to her then-partner, Sean Booth, whom she trusted. Sean had lived on the same street as Dale Cregan and was a neighbour to Dale's mother, Anita. Sean passed this information on to Anita Cregan after having an argument with his then-girlfriend. 
the three were taken to court to face charges. However, all of them were found not guilty. Following the trial in February 2014, Catherine Smith was cleared of misconduct in public office. Sean Booth and Anita Cregan were also cleared of aiding and abetting Catherine Smith to offend. A not guilty verdict was reached after it was discovered that call handlers for the Greater Manchester Police often looked at incidents in their hometown, and while this went against Greater Manchester Police guidelines, supervisors often turned a blind eye. Catherine often spoke to a partner about the work she did, but this was always done in the strictest confidence. Three months after the trial, Catherine Smith was dismissed from the Greater Manchester Police for gross misconduct. The GMP provided a statement about the incident in which they said, While the court found no criminal offences took place, the actions of the staff member in disclosing confidential police information and compromising a member of the public, who had the right to expect that information to be kept secure, clearly fell far below the standards we expect from our staff. As a result, the staff member was dismissed from Greater Manchester Police. We can confirm an appeal against the dismissal has been logged. An appeal was heard, though this was upheld by an independent panel of judges. Catherine Smith wasn't the only employee of the Greater Manchester Police to be charged over leaked information regarding the Dale Cregan case. PC Katie Murray, who had been an officer with the Greater Manchester Police since 2004, had taken a picture of one of the murdered police officers and sent it to her sister Lindsay Murray. The officers wouldn't be identified until three hours later during a live news conference. PC Katie Murray also filmed Dale Cregan arriving at Newton Heath for questioning after handing himself in at Hyde Police Station. Through Facebook and WhatsApp, she shared not only this information, but also intelligence about planned drugs raids and confidential details about Dale Cregan's prosecution with both her sister and a former boyfriend who was facing drugs charges. During a trial which occurred towards the end of 2014, Katie Murray was found guilty of breaching the Data Protection Act and two counts of conspiracy to commit misconduct in public office. Her sister Lindsay Murray, a hospital worker, was also found guilty of the same offence. She had shared information she had been given which included police tactics, along with the names of the individuals the police were due to arrest. Katie Murray's former boyfriend Jason Lloyd was found guilty of possessing a prohibited firearm and ammunition without a certificate and possessing ammunition with intent to endanger life. Earlier in the trial, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to produce cannabis. Katie Murray was sentenced to two years and nine months in prison and Lindsay Murray, her sister, was sentenced to six months. For his crimes, Jason Lloyd was sentenced to 15 years in jail. The judge, Jonathan Foster QC, addressed the sisters at Manchester Minshall Street Crown Court and said, Katie and Lindsay Murray, until this event you had both done well with your lives. Both had respectable jobs and many people spoke well of you. But as sisters, you have one thing in common. You both failed to recognise or respect the boundaries between right and wrong. Katie Murray, you have fallen from grace and you have compromised the confidence of the public in the integrity of the police force. You have affected the reputation of the vast majority of serving police officers and made it less likely members of the public will cooperate with them. You knew your sister was a habitual gossiper and was likely to pass on information to others outside confidence. 
you use the police computer as if you were accessing Google. Katie Murray had accessed police records relating to the arrest of Dale Cregan during June 2012 and passed this information on to her sister, who then shared this with her circle of friends. Dawn Copley, the former assistant chief constable for the Greater Manchester Police, said that Katie Murray had abused her position in an appalling way. She said that some of this information was passed directly to a known criminal for his own personal gains and goes against every vow she made when she swore her oath and joined the police service. The former assistant chief constable went on to add that Katie Murray's offences were in stark contrast to the many thousand trusting, committed and hard-working police officers and staff who work for Greater Manchester Police and who will be appalled by her actions as I am. As part of the crackdown on organised crime in Manchester, both John Collins and Raymond Young, who survived the shooting in the Cotton Tree pub, were arrested and charged with illegal money lending and money laundering during June 2013. Four months later in October, Raymond Young pled guilty to two charges of being involved with an unlicensed consumer credit business and one of possessing criminal property. His barrister pleaded with the court that his client not be sent to prison as he had made little money to support his family and was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder due to the events of May 2012. However, the judge ordered Raymond Young to be jailed for 12 months. Evidence highlighted that although he listed his occupation as an electrician, he worked as a debt collector for a loan company, INJ Loans. Police recovered his phone, on which they found photos of a gun and text messages to customers of the loan firm, suggesting if they didn't pay up, they would be physically harmed. During February 2015, Patricia Kelly, the former owner of a dry cleaners, Press to Impress, was sentenced to six years in prison after being found guilty of assisting an offender at Manchester Crown Court in April 2014. She had helped Dale Cregan, Anthony Wilkinson and Jermaine Ward escape after the murder of David Short. Jermaine Ward had lived with Patricia Kelly for around a year and she thought of him as a son. Her involvement in hiding the three men was linked through the analysis of telephone records after she called Mohammed Imram Ali, who transported Dale Cregan, Anthony Wilkinson and Jermaine Ward to a safe house in the north of England. Addressing Patricia Kelly, Judge Patrick Field QC said, The assistance you provided these men delayed them being brought to justice. One of the consequences of that delay was that Dale Cregan was able to go on to assassinate again in a cold-blooded and brutal way two police constables who were executing their lawful duty. That wicked background must be reflected in the sentence, which in my view must be a severe one. This must be one of the most serious cases of assisting an offender. After his trial, Dale Cregan was placed in solitary confinement. Staff at Full Sutton Prison, New York, decided that Dale should remain segregated for his own protection. Unhappy with this arrangement, he protested by going on hunger strike, demanding that he be moved to Her Majesty's Prison in Manchester, also known as Strangeways, so that he could be closer to his family. Towards the end of summer 2013, his request to be moved was granted, however he still refused to eat. Unsure of what to do, as he hadn't eaten for four weeks and refused to talk to staff, he was transferred to Ashworth, 
a high-security psychiatric hospital in Merseyside. He was assessed and remained there until February 2014 when he returned to Manchester prison. In spite of not being sectioned, the same pattern followed and it's been reported he's been sent back to Ashworth Hospital a number of times. During April 2018, there were countless articles in the press about Dale Cregan. He now spends his days in his cell, fearing that he will be attacked after a bounty of £20,000 was placed on his remaining eye. Dale Cregan has never publicly apologised for his crimes, and he will likely die behind bars. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit They Walk Among Us podcast.com. To help support They Walk Among Us, please consider donating at patreon.com forward slash They Walk Among Us, where you'll receive early access to ad free episodes for just $3 a month. If you enjoyed the show, please also consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast provider. You can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under They Walk Among Us podcast. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.